everyone, and welcome to DarkCast Interviews. I'm your host, Jonathan Miley. DCI is traditionally a long-form interview podcast where we talk to game creators about new and upcoming video games, as well as who they are and what they do behind the scenes. This episode is a little bit different. Alex Mateo was recently able to get some hands-on time with Far Cry New Dawn, the latest installment in the open-world first-person shooter franchise, which is a direct sequel to Far Cry 5, taking place 17 years after the nuclear apocalypse. Alex was able to talk to several people who are working on the game. In the first segment, he speaks with Jean-Sebastien Decant, the creative director behind the game, as well as Leslie Miller and Cara Ricketts, the actresses that play the twins and main antagonists of the game. In the second segment, Alex speaks with Olivia Alexander, one of the scriptwriters on the game, and Greg Brick, the actor that plays the father, the main antagonist from Far Cry 5. For more information about the game, including Alex's written thoughts, check out the links in the show notes to this episode. And be sure to go to darkstation.com where you can find the original Darkcast, as well as other video game reviews, previews, and features. Be sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes, follow us on Twitter at darkstation underscore com, find us on Facebook, check us out on YouTube, and email us at podcast at darkstation.com. As always, thank you so much for listening. Now on with the show. you all. Could you please introduce yourselves? My name is Leslie Miller. I play Lou, one of the twins. I'm Cara Ricketts. I play Mickey, the other twin. And I'm Jean-Sébastien Descamps. You can call me JS. I'm the creative director of Far Cry New Dawn. Great. First of all, uh, for Far Cry New Dawn, why make it a sequel to Far Cry 5? Um, that started really when we were toying with different ideas for the ending of Far Cry 5. And uh, we were very, very excited by the idea of actually finishing with this apocalyptic uh, conclusion with the nukes over Montana. And this led to ideas, oh shit, we could actually get to a space in which we could create a post-apocalyptic Far Cry, which is something we wanted to do for a long time. If you think about a post-apocalyptic setting, it has a lot in common with the Far Cry rules. Like, it's a lawless frontier. Uh, there is the wildlife and the danger with the animals. And then it's a place in which people, the groups, are fighting for survival. This is very much Far Cry. So, yes, finishing the game with like a big surprise, a big bang, uh, getting to access a, a post-apocalyptic setting, and for the first time, continuing with some of the characters and the situation that we started with Far Cry 5 and giving them a proper space in which they could be concluded. Yeah, so that's that. What about uh, the world that we see in the game is apocalyptic? Like, I know like what the story is, but what do we see in the world? How does it reflect like the, you know, the post-apocalyptic nature? I think the most important aspect is the uh, is the fact that we're really into a space where nature had, had been has been able to like overcome the space. There was so little presence of humans. Lots of people have disappeared, and others were like uh, under underground. So just animals and wild and, and the nature could just take over. So it's it's bright with uh, lush colors and vegetation. 
So that's one. And then it's a world that's a little bit derelict also. It's been 17 years that it's been destroyed. Nothing has been released from the factory. There's no more government or infrastructure. So people have to make do with what they have. So on one end, you have the super bloom impact of nature. And on the other one, you have the makeshift approach that every group is uh, taking in a certain way. Shifting focus to the, the twins. Please describe your characters. The twins are the leaders of the highwaymen. And what has happened is, is that they have run out of resources where they were originally settled. And now they are moving throughout the game in hopes of finding more resources. And essentially, instead of looking for it and foraging for it, they're just going to take it. And uh, yeah, it's pretty much, they go through the game taking what they need. In whatever way is necessary. And lose Lou's uh, way of doing it most of the time is through physically handling adversity, whereas I think Mickey is more of a forward-thinking, and she tries to determine if they'll, if they'll be needed later on. And if I want it now, I'm going to take it. <laughs> uh, what's something you can tell us about uh, the relationship between the twins and how they interact or like balance each other out? I think Leslie just said it pretty well, like that it's a... Uh, it's a bit of a brains in the brawn situation. Mm-hmm. Mickey does try to convince you to possibly give, or at least, you know, um, she just doesn't muscle her way into it. Mm-hmm. And then there will be a point where she calls Lou in to get the job done. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then shifting uh, back, regarding references and throwbacks to Far Cry 5, uh, what else can we look forward to for, for that? Um. First, the, the, the trick, the, the challenge with Far Cry New Dawn was really to balance in between bringing stuff from Far Cry 5 and making sure that the fans would, would get what they, they want, but at the same time create an experience that could be perceived as a standalone title, a, a, a Far Cry in, in a post-apocalyptic setting. But yeah, but the father is back and he's in a totally different mindset. I mean, the world is kind of where he wanted it to be. And he sees it as an opportunity to try and build something that would not fall into the pitfalls of our society. So they've been rejecting technology, culture, they're creating their own in their own space, they're almost like living like trappers of the 16th century up in the north. And it's really, the game is about these three philosophies. You have the survivors who are trying to rebuild, you have the highwaymen that are living for the day, and you have the, the, the new Eden that are trying something different, something a bit more simpler. What was the biggest gameplay change that you felt like needed to be different from Far Cry 5? So we did a lot of tiny things, like you have now a shield that you can use while shooting, and you can also throw it like a Captain America's shield. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a Horatio, the bar, there are many little things, lots of new weapons and takedowns. But the big new uh, feature, I think, is the uh, light RPG approach. The idea of a world that's uh, now a little bit more dangerous, and uh, also where uh, resources are scarce. So you better be on the lookout for the, the risks of uh, an encounter with enemies, but also for the opportunities of gathering things. And really, like, uh, just being a little bit more cautious in a space that, that is more brutal 17 years after the nuclear uh, global disaster. Is there any connectivity uh, to the original Far Cry 5? Like, just some way to make what you did there affect this current if, if they are a connective I mean like a, what do you mean yeah just like uh, let's say that you know what I did in Far Cry 5 like who I specifically mm. say you know what I mean like, yes so then again 
the balance in between a brand new game and, uh, and a sequel. Uh, in the game, you're playing a brand new character. Mm -hmm. uh, so that character has a blank slate com uh, compared to the events of uh, uh, what happened in the whole county. So there is no direct connection mm -hmm. with, uh, with the previous one, with what you could have done in the game. See, what can you tell us about the just the relationship between uh, Rush and the deputy and prosperity? So uh, Rush is uh, the leader of a group that has been thriving on the West Coast. They are rebuilding settlements, and now they want to go and try to rebuild America from west to east. And uh, they've been called for help by Carmina, the daughter of Kim and Nick Rye from Park Five, uh, to come and help fend out the highwaymen uh, from Hope County. So that's the next destination. And you, as the player, are the captain of security for Thomas Rush. So you're the muscle, you're the private army. And uh, you're one of the sole survivors when actually the highwaymen managed to stop the group of uh, Thomas Rush. And Thomas Rush is kind of the mentor, he's the guy with a vision. He wants to try. He's the, he's the head uh, architect, and he has a vision for rebuilding the U.S. And uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's now in the hands of the highwaymen because they know that he knows how to build infrastructure and stuff, and they want to use that for their own uh, interests. What can you tell us about the world size uh, specifically compared to yes. five? So Hope County has been transformed by the, the superb approach by uh, 17 years of, uh, of apocalypse. And some places have now been closed off or destroyed by some of the nuclear blasts. So I'd say that really, like, if you want numbers, it's a little bit more than half of the map of Far Cry 5. And we try to keep like the most interesting spaces from John Seed, Face, and Jacob regions. And then in addition to that, you have seven expeditions that are set outside of Hope County in many different places uh, all across the U.S. Uh, and for the twins, uh, were you able to voice together or like act together during the sessions? Well, this is a mocap. This is a motion yeah, yeah, okay. so it's like a TV show, so mm -hmm. we are acting together and our chemistry is important, physically moving in the characters. Yes, yeah, so we were able to do that, which helped tremendously. Mm -hmm. um, were there any uh, special moments that like wrong to you while you were um, while you were acting at, for the for this special moments. Mm -hmm. Something memorable. I think one of the one of the scenes was very choreographed, so it was fun to kind of move about and make sure that you're being intimidated in different ways. And if you look over here, you'll be intimidated by Lou, and over here it's Mickey. So there was like a dance between us, and I think it's when you see it, it'll be wonderful and intimidating. Remember that day when you cried, though? Uh-oh. <laughs> Remember that day? That was a special <laughs> And then JS started crying. Yes. Like, it was just like one big cry. We just all cried. And then we, we were able to work together. That was a special, a special day. She's joking. <laughs> it sounds, uh, sounds like it'll be good. <laughs> Did it happen? No, I'm just kidding. We had a lot of fun together. We did. Yeah. And did you work closely with uh, the director as well? Oh yes, yeah, yes. We all. It was, yeah. it was an entire like collaborative as far as like, hey, this I like doing this more. Can we incorporate this? So there was okay. it was a team effort for sure, and, and I loved every moment of it. Ubisoft's great because it is like a family, like it is mm -hmm. a company in that way. So we we are in touch with everyone when mm -hmm. it comes to the work. Okay, and then for all three of you, um, is there anything you'd like to say to fans of Far Cry 5 and the upcoming new dawn? 
Come get us. <laughs> yes. Come get them on February 15th. Yes, on Xbox One. Yes, on Windows PC. <laughs> well, I'll get some, all right. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. My name is Olivia Alexander. Uh, I am a scriptwriter on Far Cry New Dawn. And my name is Grant Brick, and I'm reprising my role as the father in Far Cry New Dawn. Mm -hmm. So, first of all, uh, what can you tell us about the father's role in here? Well, um, at the end of Far Cry 5, I am a man surrounded by the ashes of my past. Everyone that I love has been killed or taken away from me. The world that I had such high hopes for has been destroyed. I went down into the bunker with the player. Uh, when I reemerge, it's into a, this is just me beeping. When I reemerge, um, it was very interesting because I think when you take a person who's hit their very bottom, has walked through their darkest hour, what do they, how do they reimagine themselves, recreate themselves from that pain? So I created a community called New Eden. We've renounced all technology, we have no mechanized weapons, we live in brotherhood and sisterhood. We live with celebrating the humanness of human existence, and we renounce uh, technology, and we create a little paradise on Earth, according to my teachings. And unfortunately, um, all that is good spoils, and wherever there is heaven, there is hell. So this little community, one of the communities in the game, is threatened by the highwaymen. And the father, older and definitely broken, um, has to have one last stand to save his flock, really. Why, uh, why a sequel to Five? Like, why, why continue this story? Mm -hmm. Far Cry, as, as games have always really prided themselves in the settings that they pick, they always drop the player into a place that's uh, a little lawless, a little chaotic, and what's more lawless or chaotic than a post-apocalyptic scenario? So Far Cry New Dawn was in its early stages of conception as we were sort of wrapping up production in Far Cry 5. It was a very organic hop, skip, and jump from one to the other. Uh, did it feel like you, ha like the team, had to go in this direction, like wanted to go in this direction following the end, or were you just thinking like maybe it'll just end with the ending of the original? We wanted to have this happen sort of, uh, as I said, like sort mm -hmm. of um, with one kind of overlapping with the next. We we were really keen on on transforming Hope County and seeing what its, its land and its people would become after such a scenario. So what was it like writing for a post- apocalyptic world? It was an experience. Um, we, uh, we did a lot of research. The, the narrative team did a lot of research as to what would happen in such a scenario. We consulted with two meteorologists who focus uh, on sort of on two sides. They focus on volcanoes and sort of uh, after effects uh, something like a nuclear event would have on the Earth. 
um, volcanoes share that because both things would have lots and lots of particles in the, in the atmosphere. This changes uh, biomes, it changes weather patterns, it changes uh, you know, uh, migration patterns, both of people and of animals. Um, and it really, really informs quite a lot of, of how we evolved Hope County, its geography and its people. Uh, for example, one of the reasons Hope County looks the way it does right now is because of a very real world phenomenon that's happening right now, which is called super bloom. Um, in deserts, a long, long lack of rainfall will make everything dust and sand, and you get all these these uh, seeds and nutrients and, and life that is dormant in the sand, but it just looks like death. It looks like there's nothing there, and when uh, the rain comes back, life bursts out, and you can still see where the death and the ashes are below it. So that's really what happened in, in Hope County. It sort of became desertified in the aftermath of the collapse, and then when the sun and the rain came back after many years, life exploded out of the ground. <laughs> what can you tell us about the uh, just the impact um, of the scenario of Far Cry Five, like just leading into the, what happens around the world? Like I know there's expeditions, but um, I'd like to hear your perspective about just the imp the worldwide impact. Uh, well, we do have these expeditions in in Far Cry New Dawn. They sort of exemplify. Uh, the different chapters that the highwaymen have taken all across the country. Um, but uh, the way that the entire world has changed is is, uh, is very nuanced and, and very complex in that, um, you know, it, there's a very specific, 17 is a very specific number because in the time leading up, it's, it's, uh, it's not what we really wanted to portray in our, in our post-apocalyptic scenario. In the time leading up to before 17 years, we as a, a society have seen stories set in that time period, in, in that sort of aftermath. We wanted something where there was enough time for rebirth. We wanted to sort of uh, be to a place, go to a place where you can step into a world and see that it has been wiped clean, but also not see when it is desolate and, and, and there's nothing, but rather when there's life, to see the beginnings of some kind of metaphorical phoenix rising from the ashes. That's something we really wanted to exemplify because the death of one thing, like a world, usually means the beginning of another. Hmm. Very well spoken. Thanks. <laughs> uh, this is for both of you. Uh, uh, the creative director went over this photograph system where you kind of like compare. Uh, can you tell us more about it, especially from, uh, you know, from the writing standpoint and from you know, the standpoint of the father? Sure. Um, well, I can tell you that the person who collected these photographs was Tracy. Uh, Tracy is a survivor of the cult. She got out pretty early. Uh, she was a oh yeah, I remember Tracy. Yeah, she could grow up. Yeah, she she was friends with uh, Faith, who was at that point known as Rachel. Um, and she those those photographs tell the story of what Hope County evolved into and changed into and went through, and it also tells the story of uh, Tracy's thought process living through a post-apocalyptic scenario and, and how her opinions on what life was and, and how to go on and what was sort of worth looking into. It's, uh, it's a really beautiful, introspective little part of our game. And, and for me, um, it was completely new. Like, there's so much of this game that I'm discovering over the last couple of days. I was aware of the father's story and New Eden and that storyline and those relationships and that's my concern as a performer. You know, when you're doing a movie, you get a script of the whole film and you have a sense of the world that you're 
inhabiting. But with a game, it's, it's so interesting that I had this little piece of a puzzle, but to see how that fits into the whole world was is fascinating. And all the aspects of gameplay and the little elements that have been added for this game uh, was fascinating. So I didn't know, I don't know how the, I don't know how the pictures play uh, in New Eden or if they do relate to New Eden or the father at all, but I just know that it's a really cool aspect of the game that they've built in. Um, do we see any differences in the in the story of New Dawn depending on like, what we've done in Far Cry 5 or how the deputy acted or what, what we completed? Uh... The story in Far Cry New Dawn is, is very much a standalone story. It's it's very much the idea that someone who has never played Far Cry 5 before could, could pick up New Dawn and feel right at home is something that we really, uh, I think, achieved uh, and really wanted to strive for. Uh, so that really means uh, having a story start to finish with really a lot of its own autonomy and uh, being free from any other outside influences besides what the player wants to do. Um, for either or both of you, uh, what can you tell us about the father's relationship with the twins, if any? Well, um, you know, the, the twins, the highwaymen, are a threat to my community. So they're adversaries. They are a dangerous force. For me personally, their continuation of what has been an incredible run by the Far Cry creators of, of building these indelible villains. And uh, Mickey and Lou are going to take their place right beside Voss and Peggy Min and the father as formidable and memorable characters in this incredible franchise. And they are awesome. They're dynamic and dangerous and wild. And they are chaos and destruction. And now, 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 they're like a, you know, like Kerouac talks about, I'm mad for the people. They, you know, <laughs> they're, they're, they're that. They're just, there's something so modern and of the now about them that's... Uh, players are going to love to come up against them. And the way that uh, the way the twins see the father in his community is, is sort of these uh, annoying and confusing aberrations. Because everywhere they go, they, they wipe people off the map. They're like, you're not going to give us what we want? Then you're gone. So they show up and there are these people who are essentially dressed like cavemen. And, you know, they, they give them a good run for their money. They push them back into sort of a stronghold. But for reasons that they can't quite explain, these cavemen can really fight back. They, they come out in the middle of the night and they really give the highwaymen a run for their money. So the highwaymen are comfortable, but they are annoyed and confused by these, by these backward, fur-wearing people to their minds. Faith is a hell of a weapon. Mm-hmm. What do you uh, personally think of uh, just the father's growth as a... Just a, as a person, as a villain, as a character yep. between this and New Dawn. It was another interesting challenge. Uh, Far Cry 5 mm-hmm. um, had, its, had its challenges and, and very exciting challenges. And, and for me, being at a stage in my life where I still remember and feel some of the vitality of the youth, but I can also see time. Um, and I think that that perspective is interesting and creatively to revisit the father 17 years later with a grown son who's emerging into his manhood. I also have sons who now are emerging into their manhood. So there's a lot of personal parallels for me. And I also am fascinated, I'm fascinated by what we do with our heartbreaks and how we transmute pain into something beautiful. And that is the father's journey, is how you take a, a cataclysmic event personally a shattered heart and what do you build out of that how does the light refract through that prism 
I think it's quite interesting. Do you have anything to say for fans of uh, Far Cry 5 and then Far Cry New Dawn, like something for them to look forward to, like what's going to be most exciting for people looking to pick this up? The themes that people loved the most in Far Cry 5, these, especially in, in um, Fall Run, these idea of community and family, it's one thing to have community and family, and it's another to see that community and that family put through their paces. And that's a huge understatement for what they have to go through with the end of the world. But the idea, what I think that people, fans of 5, have to look forward to is the evolution of the people and the world with it. The, the idea that these people who you know, are from one generation and then make a new one and how these two sort of generational worldviews are coming together and either clashing or going side by side is, I think, a really poignant evolution on the kind of world that people Far Cry 5 lived in versus the world of New Dawn. And for me, as the father, I shared such an intense experience with the player in 5, and I can't wait to see you again. <laughs> well... I thought your performance was really good. <laughs> uh, and thank you both very much for uh, for meeting with me. Yeah. Well, thank thanks you. for taking the time. Yeah. Enjoy the rest of the game. Thank you. Thanks, Alex. Well, that does it for this episode of Darkcast Interviews. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to find out more information about Far Cry New Dawn, then check out the links in the show notes to this episode. Be sure to go to darkstation.com where you can find video game reviews, previews, and features. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter at darkstation underscore com. Find us on Facebook. Check us out on YouTube. And email us at podcast at darkstation.com. Again, Thank you so much for listening, and until next time, have a good one.